ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. All we say to America is be true to what you said on paper. You know, I was, I was asking myself, what's the reality in this and what's the bullshit? Tell yourself the truth so that you can get where you want to go. You can be who you want to be. Truth in the end shall win. All right, everybody. Welcome to episode five of the No Bull Podcast. Pretty I'm Clayton sure. Mann, live here in Nashville, Tennessee, at the table, and across from me today, as usual, he calls Saginaw, Michigan, home. But he is in Nashville, Tennessee with me, writing some songs, eating some food. What's your name, buddy? <laughs> Alex Schofield, everybody. The one you, and only uh, Alex Schofield. You got that down, man. I think I'm... Saginaw, Michigan. I think I'm kind of patenting the intro is here. That, is that going to... Yeah. We're a little bit behind. It's been a weird few weeks. All right, folks, I get it. We're just learning. We're just getting started listeners, still. We're still getting started. We're still getting warmed up. I know what you're thinking. Quarantine, dude, you got all the time in the world. Still, I feel more lost during quarantine. The days have blended together. Uh, it's Wednesday, apparently. Yeah. Saturdays feel like Saturday still. But other than that... Um, the weekends still somewhat feel... Whoops. The weekends still somewhat feel like weekends to yeah. a degree, but... They're starting to all blend. Yeah. I mean, we're a month into this thing already, and I feel completely... Much. I was enjoying it at, at first. Now I have learned a lot from it, but now I'm at this point where I'm just like, ah. I just want this shit over I with. I want this shit over with. I'm tired of working out in the garage. You know, I, I, I'm tired See, the of thing not. is you don't, you don't leave nearly as much as I do because, I mean, my work's still working. Yeah. I, I'm, I feel cooped up. And then I... Uh, I go get plasma. You go get plasma. <laughs> now, uh, pla- donating plasma, plasma is a very good thing for society because um, people need it. We're so. going we're, we're to bring this on to there's a point here and there's a story coming yeah. your way. <laughs> so Alex you know, was getting a little bit of cash on the side by donating plasma. Well, so. a buddy of mine from work. Uh, yeah. You got recommended. He got right. I, yes. So you to go donate, donate plasma, which is, like you said, a really good thing, but you also get... So I'm uh, perfectly healthy. Sounds, uh, at least yeah. I thought I was able to give plasma. <laughs> so I told you about it. A little bit there. Exactly. I told you about it. So I'm going to like, yo, I'm going to get in the game. You can make some money. I'm going to make some money. Plasma. Donate plasma. So yesterday, go ahead. So <laughs> I, I go into the BioLife Plasma Center in Mount Juliet, Tennessee. Everyone's kind. You know, I got to sign up. It's a really nice place. It is a really nice, clean place. Everyone's kind. I got to sign up. I got to do a bunch of scanning, show my social security number, more questions, a physical, going through all this, like a two-hour process. You know, I qualify to donate plasma. So I'm like, all right, cool. Let's do this thing. So now I've been there two hours already, and they... they, um, that's the thing about that first... The first time. The first visit. Know. It's a long, long, a long process. Time. So I'm... I finally get on the chair, the big leather chair. I start reading my book, and I'm, like, pumping my arm. You know, they put the needle. Now, Melissa, the nurse, very nice nurse, put the needle in my arm. She went a little deep. They did say she went a little deep. Um, oh, really? Yeah, that was a thing. So, um, so I don't know if this is important, but they, they kind of gauge your veins Yeah. By, by color. If you're red, it's red, yellow, and green, and green means you have some really good veinage. Which means anybody really can poke you. Yeah. I, so because, I got a younger nurse. And, yeah. and it was funny because you told me that. And I'm like, 
So I ask her, I'm like, so how, how long have you been working here? She goes, uh, about a year. So I'm like, okay. A year's some of those worth people, of needle poking. Yes. Yeah. You but know, some of those people have been working. When you ask them here, how long have you been working here? Some of those people have been like, they'll be down in like Florida and then get transferred. So oh. some of them have only been there a year, but they've been doing it for, I don't know, two or three years. There you but go. But you, you might be right. I mean, she, a lot so, of them are good, but. So you get some. I art. noticed that I'm trying to read my book, but the machine, you have to like squeeze your arm, you know, to get the blood proper pumping. The dude across from me is like with his hand. He's like pumping blood like a, you know, but mad man. so like a madman. That's exactly the word I was looking for. And so my machine, the blood's not coming out. They're like, the blood's just not, you know, I have good blood flow. My blood pressure was 111 over 61. It's great blood pressure. And um, so... They're like, all right, we're going to pull the needle out a little bit, so just hold on. So I'm not in pain or anything, and I'm looking up at the nurse, and she's pulling a different nurse, of course, pulling the needle out, and I look at her, and all of a sudden, this ee high ringing noise happens. I can't hear her. Out the her. back of your head. Boom. Just clocked out. Clayton passes out. Clayton passes out. Not for four seconds, people. Not for, not for three or four or five seconds. Fifteen seconds, I'm blacked out in the the chair and what was weird i had only been donating plasma for like what not even five minutes alex is out in the van waiting on me you know he went out to read in his van of course and like what was this was the oddest i blacked out before but i was like slightly cognitive during the blackout like i could i knew i was blacked out kind of like and i felt very i was like literally what am i what's going on what's going on and i wake up Boom, and there's like four nurses around me, <laughs> covered in sweat. You know, they're like looking at me, they're like, are you all right? And I didn't like spring out. I just kind of woke up and I was like, what just happened? They go, you blacked out for like 15 seconds. I'm like, oh my God. So they run and get the vital machine, like the, the blood prep, and they check my vitals. Did you really have no idea what, that you had blacked out? I woke up and I was like, what the heck just happened? And then they told me, because I had had that feeling of being covered in sweat heavy breathing and i'm like i'm getting anxious and i didn't freak out because i wasn't scared when they started moving the needle in my vein i i know that feeling which i think they rarely do though i've never seen them mess with oh yeah they're like they were like the, slowly the peeling it back now I've, I've and only then they this. wiggled it yeah it was an odd feeling no. well no i've had like a like a fishing hook to the bone on my this finger before my index finger so i knew what the feeling was of something in my body moving you know, I've had I had a whole you know <laughs> you know big real big treble hook go through my finger. My brother did it to me, all the way through. He did so, it to you, like on well, purpose. Well, that's a whole different story, but okay. uh, we're gonna save that for another time. It's still his fault, I believe. So, yeah, I passed out, and then like they took my vitals, and my heart rate two or three minutes after passing out was forty four. That's yeah. low. That is not that's, good. That's dangerous. Because when I walked in the building, they took my vitals. I was like 80. Okay. Then they took my vitals Which there. Which is good. But yeah, 80 is good. It was a little hyped up because I was, you know, asking questions. They're doing a physical. Well, it's all new, too. It's all new. The whole place. It, and it's like a hospital-ish. Very so hospital kind of Very much scary hospital Scary to a degree. I don't like hospitals. Plus, they got those tables. They just lay them out. The tables, they look like a, like a, a hospital from a war scene. Mm-hmm. They're just laid out, and people just sprawled out, and their arms yeah. hanging out. And there's it's no, like, only, curtains. It's just kind no, of very openly, little, like, people chilling, giving Dude, blood. if they had curtains, that would be even freakier, but... Yeah. So, anyways, you're, you passed the, out for 15 seconds. I passed out for 15 seconds, and the, then my vitals, again, after, like, five... 
accurate. Five minutes after, we're only 56 beats per minute. And then they took it 20 minutes later, and I was only at like 58. So they're kind of sitting, and they're like, we're going to have to consult the doctor about this. Well, you also asked them if they... Have you guys seen this before? Is this is this? Yeah, typical? I asked the head nurse who's been there six months. I go, so is this normal? And she goes, I've never seen it on site, but I've heard it's happened a couple times. So in my mind, I'm like, oh great. And then she takes my pulse for six seconds because usually you take the pulse for six seconds, multiply it by ten. Well, she did that, and then she's like, oh, let me take, let me just take your pulse again. I'm like, oh, she misread it. And then I was looking at the clock, and she keeps going after six seconds, and I'm like, oh, that's great. She's still counting. And she's like. <laughs> After 60 seconds, she's like, not to scare you, but I heard an irregular heartbeat. Um, so we're going to write this up, consult the doctor, and if there's concern, we're going to consult your doctor. So moral of the story, <laughs> well, Clayton's not yeah. outfitted ever to donate blood or give plasma. No, not your thing, bro. No, and thanks for dragging me into that because Alex was going to get some money off of it. But Yeah, if you would have done this twice, I would have gotten 100 bucks. I, I, I told you I'd split it with you, but I guess that's not the case anymore. No. That's not going to no. happen. That's unfortunate. Yeah, but what... I mean, I can't, I mean, you I walked in, in and you're like, "How you doing?" And I'm like, "I'm just, I'm thinking, yeah, you're sitting on the chair, you got your bandage, you got your crackers and Gatorade they give you, I guess, every now and then." I'm thinking, "Oh shoot, he's done, good, how'd it go?" He looks at oh. me, and says, hey, "You didn't hear, it, did you?" <laughs> of course, I mean, we can't. That's we, we course, said. we can't do anything. <laughs> we can't oh do a God. damn thing ever. And it's just like Without smooth making some sailing. Kind of scene. So I wake. It was funny because I wake up and I got the four nurses around me, and I make. I look up and I. Of course, I've been awake for not even thirty seconds. I'm like, y'all were look. Y'all were looking bored. I had to put some excitement <laughs> in this place somehow. I had to make a joke of it. Shit. Like now, I guess because I've seen enough hospital experiences where I was like, okay, if something does happen, I won't totally die. You know. No. Plus, they got the nurse on hand. They got. I mean, they're. They're well equipped. Yeah, they can't be far from a hospital. I think. Hey, well if equipped. it was my time to go, it would have been my time to go. But that'd have been a. That'd have been. A you tough, would have felt bad, that'd brother. Tough, that'd have been a tough situation doing this podcast by myself. Yeah, well, you probably <laughs> wouldn't. Have, you wouldn't know how to work the computer. <laughs> no, that's true. What else happened this week? That was the very exciting part of the week. Um, for up to this point, I tell you the recipe of the week. I think now the Omaha steaks we made. We're, this is going to be a new thing. Recipe of the week. All right. New, yeah. new podcast thing, folks. Well, if there's uh, any cooks out there. My, now, my, the burgers I made Sunday, I think, were more intriguing than the steaks we had on uh, yeah, Saturday. Yeah, those were good. The those Omaha good. steaks, man. I don't know if anybody goes for Omaha steaks, obviously. Uh, so I think I think our our age group, our age bracket doesn't really No, go you can do this with any steak, though. No, I'm saying go at Omaha steaks themselves. They're not oh. cheap. My parents. It was your birthday. It was a little parents, birthday yeah, thing. Yeah, my parents uh, sent me some Omaha steaks for my birthday. So, you know what we, we did? What we I went did about Saturday, grilling them, smoking them, or whatever. So you right? take you take your grill. All right, folks. You get your fire rolling. You put your cast iron pan on the fire. Okay, I'm teaching Alex how to cook as well. He's learning as we speak. So Good you take stuff. two Valdea onions. You want nice sweet onions. A little bit of butter. Put that lid on. Don't touch them for like 20, 30 minutes. Get those boys nice and sauteed down. Boom. Steaks in. Okay? Steaks in on the fire and everything. You want those boys getting all hot, seared up. And then once those kind of got a good sear on them, take some beer. We had some Yingling Light Lager. Put that in there. Put your lid on. Let those boys get all steamy. Then take your lid off so the beer gets all thick and it soaks into the onions. And basically, 
you know, we had some potatoes on the side, but that's kind of the key. Cook down the onions, sear the steak, marry those two mm-hmm. together, and then, hey, have a little bit of, a little bit of an affair with the beer. All right? <laughs> okay? There's <laughs> a third person way. in this relationship. Boom. Lit on. Let all the boys marry together. So, dude, I got to... We've talked about this, but you are almost 21 years old. Yeah. Now, the you know, alcohol was cooked off in the beer. Okay, everybody. No, no don't, okay. Don't be calling the police on us. But, no, my point is... I mean, whatever. But my point is, how in the hell... We've talked about this, but how in the hell did you learn it? Uh, I used to watch a lot of Food Network. You can ask my parents. Like, other kids wouldn't watch Food Network, but I would turn the on, like... The way you did. Like, Guy Fieri. I would watch Paula Deen. Um, God, there was this one lady. She had this show called Barefoot Contestants. She would cook all these, like, oh, California... These Are they uh, still going? I think. And then Giada De Lantoris, I'd watch her cook. See, I don't um, even know any of Bobby Flay. Bobby Kat Flay, Kat was on... Or uh, one of my favorite chefs was Masaharu Morimoto. He was from Japan. Jeez. Yeah, Masaharu. And then, like, every time I would watch Iron Chef America, and if Morimoto was cooking, I was like, bro, it's about to go <laughs> down. This dude was wild. Like, he could cook so anything. So you would cook this stuff then? You well, would go I would let it. it inspire me, I guess. And I would, like, make homemade. St- I guess starting at, like, 10, 11 years old, I would cook, like, family dinners. And then, like, when I was, like, 14, 15, I got into barbecuing and all that kind of thing. And, like, I would even bake. So I would just take a recipe out of a book, and I would watch Food Network. And I would, like, kind of combine the two but make it my own, you know. So would you do as much cooking as your mom or dad? I think there was was definitely a time when I cooked more than my parents. Because my – honest to God, I mean, I think I'm a better cook. Okay. That's, now my mom is my mom can make this killer apple pie that I don't oh, think yes. I can even touch. I should have her make one when she comes down. Because <laughs> you I haven't had enough pie. I wouldn't argue with that. Um, Shit, that was the thing about my birthday, man. All these freaking sweets. It's unreal. But I think one but year that's, I, I, I didn't, didn't start cooking the Thanksgiving turkey for a couple. Did of years. you really? Yeah, but mom would of course make 16, the mashed potatoes. 17 year old making the dinner. Well, yeah, because like, there's a certain way. I, I love to cook. It's I just another creative to get down outlet. To the truth. Yeah. So I just wanted to get down to the anybody truth. Anybody can hire good. your boy. Um, cook a little bit of Italian food. I don't cook like Chinese food. Oh, you know, I've delved into European food, but I like taking things, normal things, and jazzing them up a little bit and kind of like expanding them my own way. Like I'll write out my own recipes, kind of thing. You know, how can I take one element of one thing, another element of another thing? And Bro. kind of, you know, make something magical. Because anybody who's been barbecue at Clayton's house, you know the food's been really but, good. Dude, get down to it. That's life. That's songs. Isn't that's that the life? creative process. That's the whole thing. That's why we're here. Isn't that kind of how the truth goes? You just kind of refine slowly until you really get down to what matters. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Like, the, it bar- you know what I don't like about barbecue? I might piss a few people off when I say this. Why do people douse stuff in barbecue sauce? Because to me, if you've cooked and smoked the meat properly, you don't need a gallon of barbecue sauce on your sandwich. Okay? Like a little bit's all, all right. But like, That's true. But like if someone just spent That's true. five hours cooking this chicken and you just douse it in your sweet baby rays, yeah. like I'm a little offended. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. That's like coleslaw doused in just like when you get that runny oh, coleslaw. That's why I like I like coleslaw. I mean, KFC coleslaw is not bad because it's not super runny. But like, if there's a pool of no, but you get a fine coleslaw, man. It's mm. all just chopped right. 
I guess. We got to be making coleslaw sometime. <laughs> we're talking about food. See, it's good because I cook and Alex is a professional dishwasher and a professional eater. So if it tastes bad. I now, guess you could say that. Now, what we also did with the Omaha steaks is there were some apple tartlets. So, you know, you take a little bit of pe- whole, uh, peach ice cream, peach vanilla ice cream, mm-hmm. a little dollop of that oh, yeah, on yeah. top of the apple tartlet. Jesus. You just pass out after that. I was gonna. Thank we God ate we dinner ate at five o'clock, this. and I think at like seven or eight, we were like, uh, "Well, that was a long day. Time for bed." <laughs> so, what the hell's been going on otherwise? I mean, I've been at work. You've been. I think killing, I've been killing on the piano. I've been playing a lot of piano. A lot of piano. A lot of piano. What been, uh, what enticed you to play piano? I never did ask you that. I think. Because I want to play it on stage so bad. I don't think it's the fact that I want to be an amazing piano player, but I want to be tangible. Enough. I mean, you want to be good, though. I mean, you go about yeah. everything. You want to just be really freaking good at yeah, it. Yeah, no one learns five songs in two weeks, and I'm That's, almost through my first adult piano book. Well, because I haven't had anything to do, so you'll leave it. I'll literally practice for like two to th- yeah, three hours. Here. Yeah. And then at nine o'clock at night, when you're practicing harmonica and your songs, I'll just <laughs> play more piano. So it's been like... A month of, pi- I think I've been like double timing the amount of time it takes to learn piano. You know, well, I guess cutting. But it now's in half. the time to do that, I guess. Yeah, and I think because you can't really do anything else. It's good for your brain. It's a nice personal challenge, and I'm a big Elton John fan, so I'm like, I feel like I don't know. As an Elton John fan, I should learn piano, and I just want to learn piano. You're getting I mean, closer to. It's like, why do you want to learn harmonica? You've been learning the harp. Uh, which is I, what, correct me. Enough, isn't that what they call it? The harp? Yeah. The no, harp. I don't think they call it. You the call harp. it the harp. I call it the harp. I don't oh, know why. Here I have believing. Harp, you look up a harp. It's this. It's the yes, angel-like yes, string yes. material. Well, or an instrument thing. I will definitely never be playing is the harp. Well, you never know. Okay. You never yeah. know. Yeah. yeah you yeah, want to yeah. set yourself apart. But and I think I was. I was. Uh, it was in my trip to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and I was in the back of my van chilling one night, and I was thinking <laughs> I was watching YouTube clips, and John Mayer had popped up, and he was he was playing a Bob Dylan song. Uh, don't think twice. It's all right. And he was playing the harp. And he was playing the harmonica. And I had it sitting right there on my top <coughs> shelf in my van that my dad had bought me back in 2017 when I took that trip around the country. He, he's like, hey, check it out if you want. And mm-hmm. I never really did mingle with it the way I'm doing it now. Yeah. So that kind of stirred me up. Yeah. That, that actually did. I was just like, I'm just going to go about it. But it was actually you, the way I'm practicing now. I mean, well, you I kind of taught you a ass. more... Well, uh, you fundamental. Didn't really, no, you didn't. I guess you could say that. I kind of gave you a little lecture on fundamentals just, and technique. No, you just said, you were just like, why don't you just learn a scale? And so when I typed in that, that kind of took me down this little YouTube clip. And then it, there were three things this guy had mentioned for beginners. And I was just like, well, I'm going to do this. Yeah. So I kind of set myself this. I mean, it was, you, uh, like I said, you lit a fire to my ass about just, and I've seen you do this kind of set guidelines. Mm-hmm. Not guidelines, but so much as a structure. Yeah. To, okay, let's accomplish this, yeah. accomplish this, this, do that consistently, and then move on. Yeah, I think... But oh, Go ahead. Go well, ahead. I was just going to say... This. I know, but one thing I do want to touch on here was that... Oh, I wish you read, read that article I sent you about... Uh, our friend Steph had sent me that article about... The daily habits and... Yeah, it was Practice. John Quincy Adams, a, the sixth president of the United States. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's important, but he, in this article I was sent, he talked about, uh, I forgot the title of it, but it's the whole idea of just going 
don't uh, about efficiency something. versus yeah. effectiveness. Yes. The proper aim of ambition in the daily routine. Yeah. Now, it's uh, about like going at something and wondering if it's I mean, we'll get into this. Now, I think behind any great player or any great athlete or even cook anything um or songwriter anything, bro. I think style is very important, but fundamentals and technique need to be need to be developed before style. I think fundamentals are much more fundamentals are so important. Like stay holy to the fundamentals and then develop style. You must master the basics. I can't argue with that. But I can say this. John Mm -hmm. Prime is not one for fundamentals. Yes, I, I agree with that. But I think there's basics to you can boil down anything to basics. I believe so. Side note, John Prine is a singer-songwriter who sadly passed away. The late, away. great John Late, Prine. great John Prine. Mm-hmm. Late, great uh, Garfield Blues. John Garfield Blues. I don't know. One of his <laughs> songs is like that. But anyways, uh, he was a, he's a very inspirational character, but anyway, uh, individual. I, see, the thing is, fundamentals is like yesterday, I was like keen on waking up and I got everything I needed to get done yesterday. I had a whole list laid out. I got it all done, even with the whole plasma fiasco. Today I woke up at like 6:45 and there was no fire. I'm just like, I'm gonna. Like, I'm gonna so what do you mean? What's that have to do with fundamentals? Well, he talks about every. This is quote from John Quincy Adams, because fundamentals is built through habits well, and routine. I believe you have to. I don't. I quoted some stuff too. Every day starts. John Quincy Adams. Yeah, this is him. Sorry, I'm reading this straight from the article. I just pulled it up. Every day starts new game to me upon the field of my duties, but the hurry of the hour leaves me no time for the pursuit of it. And at the close of my career, I shall merely have gone helter skelter through the current business of the office and leave no permanent trace of my ever having been in it behind. Hmm. So it's heavy stuff, man. He creates, he kind of built his own self education and daily routine. To a degree, but here's the thing, man. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, go ahead. But I think it's all about how you go about looking at it. Because at the end of this article, Mm -hmm. at the end of this article, he talks about, again, you're going to read this, hopefully. But uh, at the end of the article, he talks, he brings it back to, he's ultimately going to instill some of this knowledge that he's picked up along the way that maybe at the time it didn't seem like a benefit to him or anybody else, but he's going to hopefully instill this into this knowledge that he's obtained into his children. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing my dad, I sent that article to my dad and he, we kind of discussed it through text, but that's one thing I told him and he actually kind of picked up on too, that we thought was fascinating and cool. That was just like, so he At had, some point, it's going to pay a purpose. It's like yeah. we've talked about that before. It's like, what, what are you doing with your time? And sometimes you think what you're doing with your time is a waste of time. Is a waste of time. Whether you're learning to cook a peach cobbler or mm-hmm. learning the piano or, you know. Well, and I'm saying, like, if you're learning to play the piano and you're really not a musician, how is this? I mean, is. But you found an odd interest in it. Not an odd yeah, interest, but I you think, found an interest in it nonetheless. Oh, I have, I, I have kind of a... Yeah, I want to hear it. My opinion of, like, if you're an amazing guitar player, but you only play in your bedroom, 
was there a point in becoming an amazing guitar player? Now, maybe you just wanted to... That, that's another thing. Like, I'm good at cooking, but if I don't have people over, I don't ever want to just cook for myself. I love no, cooking true. whole meals. As my, my close, you know, our friends, and you know this, like, we'll do the full course thing. I don't just cook one thing. It's you enjoy the whole entertaining. Thing. I enjoy that entertainment in an aspect. But if I, be, if I become a piano player and don't use it for anything... Is that a tad selfish in a sense where it's like I have this skill that would impress people and people would enjoy, but I don't let anybody see it? Now, it could be a fear thing, but if you're like magnificent also, at a skill, shouldn't you share that with other people and use that for something? Oh, yeah. I, would, I wouldn't argue with that. Now, sometimes I think it's like if you're young and you go about learning piano, maybe it's more so the, the, the structured guideline like you've learned to, okay, I learned to master the piano, but through that I learned to structure and how to get to the end result of mastering the piano. I've learned to sit down, be, be consistent, be this, be that. To disciplined. Get to, disciplined to get to the end result of mastering the piano. Yes. Now I know how to go about, okay, at 15 I mastered the piano. At 15, at 18, okay, yeah, that kind of fades now I'm well. That'd be eight. impressive mastering the piano. In three years. That's true. But That's I know true. you mean you know being very good at piano in yeah. that short and then at time. twenty-three or whatever, you discover okay, I'm into forestry. You know yeah. now to master forestry, I know how to structure my life. Into now that. people definitely go through those phases of um, becoming. I'll just break this down simply by whatever you want to get good at. It comes down to practice, and practice needs to start with fundamentals, and then into technique, and then into style. Fundamentals and technique are very much married together, but practice, practice, practice. Before you can become great at one part of something, you need to get... I, I can't learn a song on the piano. I knew I couldn't learn songs on the piano until I knew what all the keys were and what the major scale was and what the minor scale was and how to build inversions. I knew I... I don't want to just learn songs. I want to know why the songs are what they are. You yeah. know? I yeah. want to know the notes. Because, I, I mean, I already have music theory because... Um, when I was homeschooled, I actually, I took a music theory class. That's badass. I got like a, I think I didn't even get an A in it. I think I got a, like a B minus or something in the class. I did not. I, Wait a minute. Did you go somewhere to? No, I took, it was online. It was homeschooled online. Oh. I did not. Because <laughs> the you. class honestly took me a hot minute because yeah. like, now you had like a lot of, a lot three of months, four months to do the class. Yeah. But I think that's, I could get classes done nice. in like two months, but like that class definitely took me the full term. Because it was just like, I honestly had a hard time because I was a guitar player and I didn't read sheet music. And a lot of the tests were sheet music. That's one of my regrets is I should have studied sheet music earlier on. Because That'd be cool. But a lot of people, I know Johnny Cash couldn't read it. No. I know a lot of people, at least that's what I've read. A lot of people can't read the sheet music. Yeah, I, I, don't, think, I don't think. It's an impressive I, skill, man. But I, when I think of sheet music, I think of when I think of people who can read sheet music. You think classical music? I probably. think of classical music. You think artists. of like Mozart and Beethoven. Yeah, and I don't know a lot great of people. Symphonies and I don't know a lot of people around us that can read it, unless they're just not. No, I think it's be um, known, which you're not going to at a I bar think, scene. Yeah, but the um, the sheet music it definitely died off with technology, and the style of music. And now you can go look up. You know, you don't need sheet music when it tells you to play a G chord, you know, on your chord chart on the internet. Or put it your says one here. on your Nashville, you know, put yeah. your fingers there. That So I think it's definitely died out into a 
simpler system, which has resulted in simpler music, which simple music think, is amazing, but, but, but through, but through not, but through not grasping those, those, that structure, those fundamentals, I guess, mm-hmm. I think a lot of, you get a lot of rock and roll artists that play music, you get a lot of artists that play music their way. Oh, this is a, mm-hmm. this is Mark Knopfler on Dire Straits. Yes. And I don't know, maybe he's a pretty impressive guy, so he might Oh yeah, be he's amazing. Be, but I'm saying he player. might be able to read that stuff. He but might I'm, be I'm able thinking, to. I'm uh, thinking, uh, oh my God. Now, Queens Brian May, maybe? I don't Queens know. Brian May was very funda- fundamental when it came to um, does writing he music. Have, does I, he I, have I, his own style? Oh, very much so. He's very major scale. Like He's very planned out and thought out when he writes a riff. I mean, Brian May of Queen is a genius. Like if you read about him, he was he finished his I think he finished his whole college education before committing to Queen. But he Brian May's a very 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 smart guy. I think that's why Queen's riffs are very um different. They stand out. They're memorable. How do you memorable? Memorable. Memorable, very memorable. Wow, that was speaking of geniuses. But I think his riffs were very classical in a sense because they were very well thought out. They were very dynamic, very much Every note had a purpose because Beethoven would write a whole piece and then he'd just scratch out all these parts because yeah. he didn't like them. He, he would just rewrite the whole thing. That's nuts. But everything, the dynamics, if you listen to these long pieces of music, you can feel the tension, the certain notes that build tension, yeah. the leading tones, the pickups, the slurs, the ties. The, Whether the, you like it or not, Stairway to Heaven is... Much more dynamic and thought out than Sweet Home Alabama. Masterfully... Masterfully, masterfully, masterfully wonderful. Yeah, but like Sweet Home Alabama lacks dynamics and these wonderful designs of music, but that doesn't mean it's not great. No, that's a whole different thing, though. I mean, you think about that; it's a and classical music is popular. That's just a catchy song. Mm -hmm. Sweet Home Alabama. It's fun. You can hum that beginning lick. Stairway to Heaven. But you hear Stairway to Heaven, you know it's Stairway to Heaven. Yeah, just like if you heard classical music. Now, I couldn't tell you the difference between a lot of classical, but I'm sure if you delved into that area of music, you'd be able, oh, this is this is Beethoven, this is Mozart, this is Bach. You could totally just... Yeah. But I think like the best music is the most well thought out and designed, but you have to understand the fundamentals, fundamentals and techniques to... Get there. Get there. Like Michael Jordan had to understand the fundamentals of the basketball shot and dribbling and crossovers and whatever he did before he could develop these magnificent shots you know there had to have been a lot of practice behind that to design how he would shoot a basketball but he had to understand the fundamentals of how to shoot a basketball yeah you know so as songwriters um now that's where like things get because songwriting is very much art like what are you going to teach the fundamental do you think picasso understood fundamentals i don't know i think art changes the rules of that's, discipline in a sense because artists yeah. need inspiration artists are much more um uh, i think emotional you know now there are daily habits artists can have and there are certain fundamentals that artists do have but in the world of art i would say it's much more personal style than fundamentals that's yeah you i would know? i would agree with that you know cuz bob ross that's and picasso get- two very much two very different artists yeah they kind of have their own fundamentals in a sense, though, if yeah. that makes sense. That's why, I mean, when you think of art, that's why it's opinionated. That's why it's opinionated. You can't... Yes. 
I mean, I guess you could. I don't know. I don't even know if you can argue that that art is bad. I mean, um, I guess you can, but like, who who are you to say that art is bad? When there's somebody right down the street or right down the row or who whatever, will pay ten thousand dollars for it, baby. That will pay ten thousand dollars for a dot on a big blank white canvas and say, "Wow!" With like a red dot in the middle and maybe like a black stroke at the bottom. Yeah. And they're like, "This is amazing." This represents life and yeah. its eternity. This is nobility. This is the truth. Yeah. This is the amazing thing. So of- I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing about art, man. I don't. I don't get it though. Or I don't get sometimes. I mean, diving into it. <laughs> You're not as big of a rap fan. This might surprise some people, but I listen to some rap. And no, rap. Alex does. Alex, I mean, word for word, he'll know. No, he turns not, it on, and I'm like, not word for word. Okay, you rap some Eminem songs word for word, like you're freaking Eminem in Eight Mile. Okay, okay bro, not that good. Don't, don't. Uh, no, I didn't say you were a good no, rapper. I just okay. said you know the words. <laughs> so, Back oh yeah, you're Detroit. much more of a rap fan than but I am. Rap that doesn't make rap all bad. I no, just no, no, don't no. like it. No, I understand. But um, my point more towards it is uh, my point. My point is uh, rap has definitely got some beef in it. It's got it's got controversial controversial. Like, That's part of that art form, though. It's it like so the mad. But it's not so. But like they'll they'll they'll. Uh, I guess they're not attacking. That's an interesting point. They're not attacking like the art itself, but they're attacking like each other and like what they've been through and like who's harder than now, who. Now they'll, you know? they'll attack like society. They'll text society. Call out society. But, but that's saying, part of rap's identity, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. kind of yeah, calling right. out people like, hey, throw the beat down. I'm going to call out this guy. I'm going to call out this government system. I think that's kind of part of rap's identity in a sense. Yeah. Just like Leonard Skinner's no, identity was being no, I free to southern whole... rock and roll and, you know, swamp music, which is a great song. That was kind of their vibe. Yeah. You know, and well, Sweet Home Alabama, that even calls out, you know, a few people in it. So. Oh, yeah, Neil Young. So, but they were very free in a sense. That's kind of their identity. Yeah. But identity is a whole nother can of worms. I mean, without identity, you don't really have anything. Ooh, see, that's a good You point. have to have. I know we live in a world now where everyone's like, don't say this, don't say that. This might. Well, but so I This isn't you. about picking sides. So listen to this. I heard I heard you at the, uh, the counter yesterday when, when they asked if you were... Uh, they asked if you were a male or female. Yeah. And you which, just kind of went, I think the lady behind the counter that didn't ask that question that was over the shoulder of the other individual who asked that yeah. question was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, but I was that like question looking needed, at me like. That question needed to be said. I was like, last like, time I checked that really? was, but. Like now, the whole identity thing, man. Well, I think you need to have, okay, what. Um, That's a good can of worms. Let's, let's look for the truth in identity, I guess, at the moment. But without I, if you don't stand for something, or now I'm not saying you have to stand for something with a hard right foot planted on the ground and like you're on one side and the world's on the other side. But you need to have certain values that you. That's an identity. You, when you believe Absolutely. in something and you say this is what I, because if you don't believe in anything, no one else is going to get behind you. Number one, because then you're just in this gray area and passiveness Absolutely. and gray area, and I don't know. Is, they don't get anything done. Um, in a sense, you need to have a certain present amount of values and beliefs that kind of people can get behind. Eric Church has certain values and beliefs that people get behind. Billy Graham had certain values and beliefs that people got behind. Eminem is the same way. If you don't have an identity, you really just don't have any. He said, uh, an old quote by Eminem, I think he said, uh, if you don't have any enemies, 
You're doing yeah. it wrong. People hated Michael Jordan. Yeah. People loved Michael Jordan. People hate Tiger Woods. People hate. T- people love Tiger Woods. People hate Billy Bill Gates. People hate Donald Trump. People love Donald Trump. Yep. Now, the genius of having an identity like that is that your good followers are as important as your bad followers. Because if your bad followers are talking about you, well, then people talking about you, you know? Yeah. Look at... Uh, I mean, bad bad, uh, bad press is good press, bad, right? In a, in a certain sense, yes. In a certain sense, yes. Now, That's if you're a good way to... being an asshole, then no, you're just an asshole. But if you but said something... Some, dude, some people like assholes. Yeah. Some, some people... Some people love egos. It's a thing. Let's put Gene it that Simmons way. Of Let's Kiss. put it that way. Now, Gene not- Simmons of Kiss. A very extravagant ego. People love Kiss. Yeah. People hate Kiss. That's part of that identity. Is like they're weird. They're outsiders. They're freaks. Some people absolutely hate them and think their music is trash. Yeah. Some people appreciate the theatrics of the show. I'm not a huge fan, so... No, I and know you, you're not a huge you, fan. You, on the other hand, are. I've seen them five times. But that's because it's beyond <laughs> the music. It's the theatrical aspect of whatever they are. Now, there's people who hate Queen. So There's people who love Queen. But so you need the checks and balances of both. So let me ask you this, man. This is a... I think I asked you this a couple weeks ago, and we were like, okay, maybe that's a podcast idea. Mm-hmm. But it was the... Uh, like who do you give me revere? A, yeah, who do you revere? Who I do look you up, look up to? I think. Um, I mean, you don't have to list everybody, but just give me a no, few. no. I'm, and I'm why, definitely. I guess there's different people I revere. I revere people like um, I have like a picture of Michael Jordan on. Like once again, I'll go back to him. Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods. I keep their photos on my wall close together because very much about fundamentals, very much about practice, very much about technique, and they love to win and they love competition. Um, as a musician, I have no basketball court to be on, but I still love the competition of myself of saying, how can I do better next time? But I also look at, um, I also have pictures on my wall of people like Elton John, Freddie Mercury, Lady Gaga, Kiss, of course, um, these artists that were very outlandish in a sense. Because I think somewhere along the lines of my life is going to lead, how can you know my hours of practice and study lead to um, the ideas in my head of originality? And I'm not there yet at 20 years old, but how this is going to meet somewhere and cultivate one day of artistry and originality meets fundamentals and technique. Because, I mean, Elton John is a pure example of that for me because he was very much an artist, very much an original. But, I mean, Elton John was... an he understood the piano in an amazing way. Billy mm-hmm. Joel's the same way. These guys played classical music. These guys knew how to freaking do it. You know, uh, Freddie Mercury was the same way. Understood music. Understood Ryan his May, voice. Point, understood his voice. But they were also magnificent artists, which came through life experience. But that's kind of how they formed. So that that's the people I revere. A very singular focus. They have a mission. They have a goal. They understand practice and fundamentals, but they under, also understand style. Because even um, Tiger Woods had his own style of a golf swing, but he knew how to practice the hell out of the fundamentals of golf. And he was he loved improvement. Yeah. So those are the kind of people I revere, which is a very high standard. So I'm still getting somewhere. I'm not where I want to be at all. But who do you? I know, you? but that's a. I'll we'll get to that. That's a good. Uh, what I noticed about your your people. Are they are they are all magnificently 
they're good. They're very, very oh, talented people. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm trying to. I think they, they can all be, you would never put Elton John and Tiger Woods on the same wall and go, they're connected somehow. But I think if you read their stories, but which to, I actually, you, I've read their books. You so had, it's like, yeah. So you know a little more about their background than yeah. most, I but guess. Elton John would practice and he would study music charts and he but would practice and practice I, and play and play and play. And Tiger Woods yeah. was the same way. He and so practice that's your, and practice and play and play and play. That's what you revere about those individuals. Yeah, that's why I just love to play, play, play. It, it's yeah, because it's like yeah. Not only do I enjoy it, but a lot of people are like, "Well, how do I practice? Where do I start? Just freaking start." Yeah. Like, I have two Take piano the, books yes. and YouTube. Yeah. Now, eventually, in in after all this quarantine shit's over, it's and, the same way as collecting change. How do yeah. I how do I get a hundred bucks? You just put just put your change in a freaking bucket, dude. That's a great way to look at it. Just in a penny jar. Seriously, that's a good way to look at it. Well, how do you wake up early? You wake up early. You wake up early. Quote Jocko Willink on that. So I think you can connect the people I look up to in a way, which is why like the books. That's and good the, shit. The practices, and I'm not. I'll call it out now. I don't know where I'm going to be in five, ten, twenty, thirty years. God willing, I live that long. Um, if I don't pass out at plasma centers, <laughs> but I think I just avoid those. It's the like, and our friend Steph made this point: we're spending the time to develop skill is much more important. Without yes. skill, you really can't. You know, skill is value. Yeah. You know, and but relationships it's also taken, matter. But um, it's also taken your the back to the people you revere. It's also taken little bits of those people mm-hmm. and then putting yeah you in there. Yes. Put it in a mixing bowl. Get. You get out something that's never been seen. Yeah, which that that's going to happen for both of us one day. But I think it's yes. just a constant. You know, I, so, I will say in this quarantine, I felt low, but I know I've stuck to the habits of reading and practice. Yes, you you know, have. But I also have gone fishing and played some golf and cooked Not to relieve to that, it, bro. Just to relieve that daily habit of like meeting goals. But so balance, bro. balances, balances. So and we're different because I know you revere some different people. Yeah, sense. I would I would say. Okay, so this is not me trying to be brash by any means, but I've been. Told, I think you should be completely honest because this is the, this noble, is the noble podcast, podcast. and we look for truth and everything. So since I started this journey of playing music, I've always been told I'm 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 an old soul, mm-hmm. and that I've all and I've stuck with that. I've always dug that. So the people I revere have that, like. Old soulness to him, I guess. But like people like uh, Eric Church is one of them. Mm-hmm. I would say Johnny Cash is a big one. But people like Clint Eastwood. Uh, I'm trying to think. Even guys like Matthew McConaughey mm-hmm. is one. Uh, all right, all right, all right. Yeah. Um. Man, I I Eminem. Eminem to a certain degree, but when I when I think of people, my dad is one of them. Mm-hmm. My dad's definitely one of them. My grandpa, to a degree, is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, the people I revere are people that I could sit down and have a beer with mm-hmm. or a cup of coffee and just talk, not specifically about what it is they do. But gain some knowledge. Even people like, uh, man, I'm I'm just getting, I'm just dabbling into the history. 
I'm just dabbling into like U.S. history and just history itself. But mm-hmm. I think as that's what's inspiring me to go on that journey about me, you know, former presidents is who would I sit down and just have a really good, inspirational, intellectual conversation with. What's and just, interesting and just about gain, and just gain knowledge from them because of a different perspective, because they, you know. They're not all from Michigan, from a small town. They, uh, you yeah. know, they've been through different stuff. But there's a, I think there's a, uh, what do you call it? a kindred soul, the kindred spirit there. Yeah, that I think, which is very much your spirit in a sense. Yes, you have this eager to learn about other people. Oh, I love it. Which people love. Yeah, that's but that's like a skill in itself. Well, thank you, man. But yeah, that's uh, people I could sit down and have a have a thorough hearty conversation with so i think of like humbleness definitely is there you know the people you look up to but when i when i when you the name uh the names you rolled off they all seem very calm cool and collected about themselves yeah but they give um you know they care about what they do they take pride in being good at what they do yeah in a sense but they're all very like you know they're locked into what they do, but they're at peace with who they want to be, you know, yeah. especially like guys like Johnny Cash, Clint Eastwood, Matthew McConaughey. I loved how you rolled off Matthew McConaughey because you watch interviews about him. He seems very like pulled into himself, but well, not in an ego sense, but he just wants to be yes. Matthew McConaughey. So you sit here. Yeah, that's a good point. You sit there and watch and uh, watch an interview that he interview with another actor, actress, or just mm-hmm. anybody, he will sit back and sit mm-hmm. back and just, like, nonchalant, just sit. His whole aura is that, like... It's very calm, cool, and collected. Yeah, but and that's I'm, what makes him badass. Yeah. Yeah, there's some other people I just can't keep... I just can't come... It's just not coming to mind right now, but those are, those are a handful of people. But, like, mm-hmm. even my grandpa is that. When yeah. he's... When we're... When we have a Christmas... He's the one just he's got a spot on the couch and he sits back, his back is fully pressed up against the back of that cushioned couch. Yeah. He's got his toothpick in his mouth. And he just and he just sits there and he doesn't say much, but when he does, you kind of listen. <laughs> Either it's a corny joke that you've heard before or some knowledge that's that's instilled in you. What's what's and it's good. Interesting. So when I hang out with my grandpa, I'm a lot like my grandpa where it's the exuberant entertainer. He'll walk into the grocery store. Yes. Saying hi to the guy at the front, saying hi to the girls behind the deli. Yeah. It's very much like, uh, you know, that he wants to get people zone. involved. Yes. You know, now, I or like that's out of my comfort zone. when, um, you know, we'd have dinner with him growing up. He was always like leading the charge of, yes, here I am. Yeah. And everybody in the town knows my grandpa, Doc Rayburn. So shout out to grandpa. I do revere. That's his name. Doc yeah. Rayburn? That's well, a, it's John, but everyone calls him Doc. That's a badass name. There's a Johnny Cash song. Oh, he is a badass. There's this, yeah. But Damn, I'm very cool. much like my grandpa where he's like, his truck was always clean, so you knew when he was there. Always dressed up, always smelled good. I mean, he still wears cool sunglasses. <laughs> very much like, hey, here I am, la, 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 yeah, you yeah. know. But yeah. like not in a douchey way. No. But in a sense that he just cares, you know, when he's on the golf course, it's very much like, you do this, I'll, I'll kick your ass over, you know? Yeah, so yeah. I think I'm definitely, 
I mean, you're looking at me with a grin because you're like, oh, look at this guy. Absolutely. Uh-huh. 100% very Absolutely. much like I that. get it now. <laughs> or I want to get people involved. I want to dress up. Yes. I want to, you know, wear the cool sun. You know, it's like, but that's part of the like, I don't want to say it's ego, but it's part of like the like the jazzy thing of like, hey, well, here that's I a, am. That's, you know? That excites you. I mean, that's kind of that's what I like. your funny bone. I mean, and not that I'm not saying that sitting back and not doing anything or not doing it. No, but I, I will mean, say us guys are always aware of the guys like you, the silent killers in the back that understand what's going on. You know, because you, you always got to be weary of the quiet people. Not because a lot so, of people are like, oh, they're just shy. I'm like, no, 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 man. No, these quiet folks, they damn, know what's cool. going on. Like, yeah, because like you'll sit in the bar and you're looking around. You know, yeah, but and you're you very aware of the situation. So you're you're must be a lot like your grandpa then, you know. Where I actually just, never came across that thought, but yeah, I would say I would say so. Because you're definitely I mean, my on dad, the path of calm. Cool. My dad's the same way though. I mean, that's why it, when they when they went to uh, <laughs> when they visited me in Tennessee last year, they sat in the back of the bar. Yeah, most of it, most of the time. My dad's just that way, but and I've always sat in the back of the class because it's it's I your just, comfort zone. It's my comfort zone, Some but it's also that's why I sit. I don't know. I mean, that's typically why I sit facing the door. I like to see exactly what's, what's going on. What's important in all this is that that's you. Yeah, there's no wrong or right no, in being exactly. you. Now, exactly. if you're a douchebag, you're a douchebag, but. You know, but being be a douchebag. the entertainer or the the wise, you know, usually the quiet reside in wiseness more than the entertainer does. But See, resides in wisdom, I guess, in a certain sense is what I was saying. But sometimes I, I that's why I, I'll, honest with you, look at you and be like, dude, that's a, you're a smart mofo. But you're but, smart too. We're just no, smart yes. in different things. Yeah. You know? I don't know. That's just a. Uh, that's no, an interesting. No, we point. can't say I don't know on the Noble Podcast. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll sit there at a conversation with like four, or three other people, and you typically let your opinion be known. That's why I mean, in the last couple of days, I've thought, man, maybe sh- I don't know. I I would like to, I would like to practice letting my opinion be known too, because I think like that article I sent you about John Quincy Adams, who you think about, okay, what is it I want to leave behind? I don't want to be that that guy that people maybe people don't do this, but I'm, and I I could be thinking too deep into this, but I don't want to be that guy that people look and be like, yeah, he was a good dude. I I don't know what he represented though. You know, I think like even uh, but tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm thinking too much. I into think that. people know. I think you represent more than you think. You might just shit. You know what I mean? Like the you, the look, the songs, the lyrics, the mojo, that's all a statement beyond words. You know what now, I mean? The, I appreciate that. Because, I mean, the one thing is that I want to do is let it be known that my lyrics matter. Matter. That you don't and have a me And they, they are, they're a statement. They're a statement. You and know? I don't need to. That's why I revere people like uh, even... I would say Eric Church is one of them, but like uh, when it comes to lyric lyricisms, lyrics, lyricists, lyricists. Chris, uh, Chris Christopherson. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. How did you not name him first? Yeah. You love Christopherson. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of other like people that just let their their art 
display who it is they are. Yes. You know, but, even like, dude, I be noble here. I think even the podcast kind of freaks me out because it's like we're talking this out. Yeah. This is a conversation we haven't really had. No. Which is rare because we're <laughs> like 40 days. It's been just a lot yeah, of talking and eating. But, uh, <laughs> well, but it's, I think there's different ways to represent what you believe in. It doesn't always have to be lyrics because you can look at my show versus your show. You could see two totally different people, two totally different meanings and standings. Um, yeah. And, and you, you know? could see, I think you could see you have, you've grasped that more than I have. I'm still. But you've grasped lyrics more than I have. Yeah. But those, those. You can look at what something someone stands for when you're at a writer's round or a show and there's a dude up there um, in, if there's someone, I'm not calling anyone out, but this is just the way I look at it. If someone's up on stage with an out-of-tune guitar, um, baggy jeans, and they're kind of, they look like they don't care, I, I don't see any integrity, I don't see an identity. They don't care. They don't care about what they're doing. Well, it's hard to wrap yourself in. So it's what, hard how to do you get behind? How that. do I get behind them if they, they if they don't give a shit about what they're doing? Yeah, I, I don't want to get behind them. It's a complete waste of my time. Yeah. But you, I mean, you've got to look. You've got songs, and you care about what you're doing. When you see someone who cares about what they're doing, I can get behind that. Yeah. Or at least, or at least be enticed and uh, be enticed. No, that's not. Yeah, weird. and be, you don't have to go up there and awe me. You know, but no, if, no, I, no. if I see someone who's eager to get better, and you go like, "Wow, this guy!" Tell I can tell. Well, that's watching a this guy. He wants to do something. With yes, it. but that's also a step in you just listening to the lyrics. Because when it comes down to it, for me, the lyrics matter the most. Mm -hmm. what, what are they trying to say? What is it they they're trying to say? But like you, you've said this before. People eat with their first and foremost. They eat with their eyes. Yeah, if food looks bad, you're not going to want to eat it. Exactly. It could be wonderful, but I'm not going to eat it if it looks like shit. No, you no I would. Literally, there's food that looks like shit. I mean, there's you just don't want to. No. If I put a homemade hamburger in front of you versus some Sloppy. McDouble that's been in the bag for an hour, yeah, I know what you're going to want to exactly. eat. Exactly. Exactly. That's the thing about songwriter rounds, too. That's the thing about those. Uh, man, I don't know. I don't, uh, you you look at. Uh, I don't want to compare it to the voice because the voice uh, kind of rubs me the wrong way. But yeah, you I look like at like show. the food net. You look at like food competitions mm -hmm. that's why they're so like it's an art you form. literally see a hamburger com, com, i mean uh, whatever it is the mm -hmm. plate next to the other plate and you see okay which one would i like which Look one at would sushi I go bro at? sushi's an art form my yeah. gosh what they can do with sushi yeah like it's unreal the different kinds of fish and vegetables and even the rice like i don't even want to get into this because i've we just talked i've about gone down this sushi rabbit hole before but i think I know people, oh man, here we go. Noble podcast, the truth. Everyone's like, looks don't matter. You know, love yourself. And like, yeah, I'm, I, I love, I love me. You love you. Personality is important, but like the, the, like when you look at, you can't avoid looks, bro. You can't avoid the, what people see. The eye is very grasping to people. Like a mountain range is very eye grasping. A city skyline is very eye yes. grasping. When someone is up on, now I'm going to go beyond music, but someone's up on the world stage of theatrics or music or even a cooking show, a presidential debate, I'm gonna, before you say a damn word, I, I'm going to start reading you just by the way you look. 
Absolutely. Now, I'm not judging them, but I'm trying to make what who you know. I'm reading a person. But it's what you do. I'm like, who is this person? What do they stand why for? Do what do they believe in? Who are they? But why do you think? I don't know. Why do you think? To me, you need a picture of uh, Jesus Christ. He's a pretty comfortable. You find comfort in his appearance. Yeah. Or even Bottom just the image of me. A, 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 when I look or like even lamb. at the image of a cross. Yes. There's definitely some comfort there. There's definitely some comfort there, some hopefulness there. And if you bear one around your neck, you can automatically start reading a person. You know? Wow. Yeah. That's, that's good. That's shit. little cues or, or yes. if a construction worker walks into a bar versus a musician, you can already tell by the look. They don't have to talk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Well, that's what we were at the, uh, when your folks were in town, that, remember we were at the Cheesecake Factory eating with your parents, and that waiter, he's like, you two, uh, you two musicians? Yeah. He didn't even have to, yeah, he didn't even have to yeah. really ask, I mean, I do kind of miss dressing up now that we're talking about them, it's the jewelry and the pants <laughs> and the boots, but yeah, you're I uh, think definitely it's, into that, that's cool. Yeah, but I have like notes in my iPhone from when I was like 12 or 13. Of like wow. what I would wear on stage, what colors, damn, what I wanted to, like Have they visualize my. Pretty... Uh, no, gold, white, reds, blacks, Still the same thing. Very much the same thing. I'm very much in. I don't like purples. I don't I, yeah. stuff like that. I very Sad, much dude. like if it's if it's white. I very much like red, white, blue, black, gold. It's yeah. kind of that. That's a good thing. Now, black is always going to be a centerpiece on stage, but if you can accessorize with the other colors, yeah. See, and that's that's what I'm, I'm, I'm grasping that still. I'm learning that process. Yeah, and that's simply me watching other artists that you enjoy watching. Because you can look at the the Chicago Bulls back to Michael Jordan. Yeah. Red, black, white. Tiger Woods. Yeah. Red and black on Sunday every time. It's a statement. That's a good point. When Tiger Woods is in red and black, it's good. He's that's a good out point. to kill. Yeah. He's out to win. Johnny Cash, all black. Black on black. The man in black. So it's very much a statement piece. Okay, now let's peel it back around. The total opposite when Elton John is on stage in a full rainbow suit. You don't know what he's coming out with. What extravagant or wearing a freaking duck suit. Yeah. But that's part of the whimsical character he's built. That's part of his identity. Yeah. You know. Because his real name's not Elton John, is it? No, it's like uh, Dwight something. There's a Dwight. Or, I thought it was Richard or Reggie or something. Um, oh, hold on. Hold on, folks. Elton John, real name. Yeah, uh, Reginald... Reginald Kenneth Dwight. That's his real name. Wow. But he obviously built a new identity and a new character around. How the hell did he Sir come up with Elton John? It's in his book. I forgot. I think it was two names of other people he combined Elton. together. I don't even, I've never, that sounds like a 1800s yeah. name. Or look at, once again, Freddie Mercury of Queen. There was very much a design behind the look. It changed over time from the 70s to the 80s, but the look was definitely a design. Yeah. Of the time and of culture and what he wanted to. I mean, you look at a guy with a mustache and slick back hair, you're going to kind of, oh, you look, oh, kind of Freddy like. Yeah. You say, even now, you say the word Freddy. Yeah. You're thinking Queen. That That's an amazing Sadly, identity. Think of Freddie King, but. No, which <laughs> Freddie King's a magnificent blues guitar player and singer, but that's definitely but, part of the identity. Even now in country music, if like long hair and a beard and a cowboy hat, you're like, oh, it's got a Stapleton vibe. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the identity he's Combs. built. I mean, even like I said, Matthew McConaughey, Clint Eastwood. Yeah, they've built identities over time. You think about 
That's that's one thing I've seen. I've seen you see like uh, some brands are so locked in or they're so well known. All you need is a silhouette of like mm-hmm. like Freddy's. All you need is the mustache, pretty much. Yeah, I've seen silhouettes of just the mustache, and you'd be like, "Oh, that's about Freddy. That, that's that's Freddy." Yeah. And that's, I mean, you can't delve into branding, but you can't build the brand unless there's an identity. Exactly. Like, there's not a lot of, not everyone's a Kiss fan, but if I put those four makeup designs so, on a wall, you know it's Kiss. Yes. You know. Okay. So, all right. But that's how them. do you? No. Yeah. Absolutely. But how do you? Uh, how do you take it as like? Now, granted. Let me ask the question first, and then mm-hmm. I'm gonna say this. How do you take it as like, okay, people want their identities, but when you're in a small town and you're raising three kids, you're not really so much thinking about identity. You're, well, your identity but, could be how can I be a great mother or a great wife or a great go. person in town, or maybe I help out. You know, maybe you help out at the church. Maybe you donate. Maybe you lead a, a Bible study. Maybe you lead a, a for youth the most group. part. I don't think people, those individuals are. You're not. You're not going to be lucrative. Off your identity, mm-hmm. but people have their identities. Well, my grandpa my in his small it. town. I mean, people knew his identity. Now he was a teacher, so a lot of people literally grew up, you know, seeing him after they left school, or they still see him around town. But they always knew his identity of how he dressed, how his hair looked. Yeah, he meant what he says. His clean you truck. Just, yeah, you just wouldn't mess around with him, like, because he put his right foot down. He said, "This is what I stand for." You're gonna be, you know, he. Yeah. They'll say, like, I remember when you paddled me, like, walking around yeah. town, because that was allowed in the school system back then. So um, bottom line, though, whether you know it or not, you have an identity. And I think the identity is never built in public. Build your identity in silence and on your own effort. Do not let, yeah, do not let yourself that, be a product of society's design. You are your own design. My glory comes on my solo runs or the workouts in the garage or reading or practicing the piano. That Or... Watching YouTube videos of different artists and trying to find what I like, that's where my identity's built. I think the identity has to built, be built alone. You're either, you're either a slave to society or freeing your own self-discipline. Bro, that's, that's excellent. My dad said the same thing a few months back. We were talking, about, we were talking on the phone, and he said, dude, you either, be, you, you either affect others and life itself mm-hmm. or you sit back and be affected by it. Yeah. And I know and it's, the latter one doesn't work for me. And I know that now I've been through enough. I'm I'm 20 years old, but I think if we heard the whole story, which I don't want to get into any of that at the moment, but you'll definitely say there's. I've had enough happen in my life. I don't know who I am, but I know I have a target line, and I'm not afraid to be myself because the people who made fun of me in middle school and high school for being a musician now message me saying, "Hey." Next time you're in Chicago, I want to be there. Keep doing your thing. Keep doing your thing, kid. And and they were the people going, you know, that were bullying me. And now they're like, oh, I'll look at you. Well, it's like that's because I created my identity in silence without caring what you thought. You know what I mean? And it takes a while to do that. Oh, I'm still on the path. We're both still on well. the path. And I'm not well. afraid to say um, what I want to say, but not in a sense of uh, this, you know, it's not political. It's not ego. It's just that I want to... I want to stand for something. I want to believe in certain things and build a certain person that can be representative to some people. If that makes sense. And yeah. I hope, it, and I'm trying to entail that in being connected to reality and honest with my own soul. You know, because we all have a soul. Um, we all have a certain vision of ourselves. But Would you say you were loud and, or in, not loud? 
mm-hmm. at the, not in a condescending no, no, way. No, but, but the way you are now, would you say you were sort of that in middle school when you were getting made fun of? Yes. Was, okay. See, that's different for me. I would say completely through middle school. Now, I was in private school mm-hmm. up to sixth grade, and then I got thrown into the public school. Darn thing, public which, school system. Which was freaking crazy. Uh, and then through high school. I didn't really have an identity. People around me were, uh, and, you know, props to them, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, Abercrombie and Fitch, Fitch, whatever that was. Aeropostale, all that was being worn. And, dude, I I was, I sunk into that. Mm-hmm. I started wearing that stuff. And I was literally just looking at people around me. Okay, what are, what is it? It was literally like the Joker. When he's looking around like, okay, how do you... Okay, well, they're laughing. They're laughing. I need to laugh. Let me bounce off that. I wish I could have done that, but I was too I self-conscious. Back, well, I look back thinking, shit, why did I freaking do that? Well, I'm the total opposite. I, I didn't. That's crazy. I didn't know that. I didn't want to wear. I wanted to wear the most basic clothes. Now, okay, inside I didn't want to, but on the outside I did because I struggled with weight so much that I couldn't wear skinny jeans. I couldn't wear t-shirts <laughs> like them. I wanted to wear a... I had the same outfit of my black sweatshirt and my blue jeans. That was it. I mean, yeah. that was so when I gained self confidence in private, you know, yeah. health and fitness, which is very much important to your confidence. Don't tell me that looks don't help your self confidence. You I, I don't believe that. If you have health, you have hope. Yeah. And if you have hope, you have everything. Exactly. Amen to that. But I, I wanted to wear what the other kids were wearing, but I was just like, that doesn't look good on me. See, I it took, I, I didn't, but now I don't care. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I look back now thinking, I, I obviously I, I don't give a shit now, but it's funny how I did. It's funny that I did. It's just two very different paths. And now you look back, and I wasn't, I wasn't completely who I was. I look. At obviously, my... it's a journey. Obviously, you're not who you are in middle school. No, high we're school. gonna listen to this in, in a year or two and be like, "Oh my God, look at these boys!" You know, back here. I don't think so. Because I don't know. I, I feel like I'm on this the is path. A, this is a good. This has been good, man. Like, the, like you said, this is a conversation we've never, we've never had. Yeah, and the it's identity, re- and it's, and this is good. But yeah, the identity process. You just think about the middle school and high school identity self. Yeah. F- uh, uh, you're trying to find yourself. Mm-hmm. It's because you go into this secluded locker hallway yeah. with, and then you got the pictures of all the past alumni, and then you got the trophy, and then you got the big varsity. Yeah, you feel kind of football. It's all stigma. Players wearing their football jerseys, and you're just like, yeah, no, not me. It's all stigma. Like, I mean, it's it's a it's it can be a little. Harsh at times. Well, oh God, this is going to be a harsh opinion. But like, if you're a, if you're like 25 or 30 and you're still basking in your high school glory, Absolutely, I mean, don't bro. expect to no. move forward. Yeah. I still got friends who are, like, I'm. I'm sorry, guys, but like, they're you know they're in college now and they're still basking how great high school was. And I'm. So I'm I got a, a I got a best friend back home. Who was played. he the one on the phone the other night? No. Oh no. Uh, no, but we're all tight. This, so yeah. this is there's like four of us, but one of uh, Parker. Shout out to you. He uh, he was he was my best friend growing. He was our best friend growing up in yeah. high school and through middle school. He was a damn good football player, yeah. whether he knows it or not. So or does whether, he still talk matter. about it? Or? No, but it's funny when he's in the presence of somebody who 
basks in their high school glory days. Uh, He's sitting there like, dude, seriously. I don't. That's why he hangs out with us because we don't talk. I mean, we'll talk about football. We'll talk about whatever it is. But we don't sit there and bask in the glory days. No. So it's funny when he gets, it's like, shit. It's like, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't care. Like, those... (laughs) Those ages of what you're 14 to 18 in high school, 15 to 18 in high school usually, 14, oh, my, 15, my, 16, yeah, 15, dad, 16, yeah. 17, 18. It's just like those, those are the four if, best if, years <laughs> of my life. If those are the I'm glory sorry, days. guys. If those are the glory that is days, not your identity. Then you might have married the wrong woman. You might have dove, dove down the right wrong career path. My if, dad thinks those people are so damn funny. He's just, yeah, it's I mean, not. they're just eye rollers, man. It's sad, but I mean, seriously, to tell you the Bro, truth, I've, don't I've got do friends that. who are still do wearing the. You know the uh, like I get it like it's cool but like if that's your identity is the is how badass you were as a senior in high school then I just can't. It's not real life. High school is all stigmas not, and everyone's looking at each I'm other just, and judging yeah. at each other. It's hard to talk to you if that's what you want to talk about. Yeah, if, if you want to talk about that, even fudge, like man. like we can get talk about college here. even, but like. Not really. Once again, I want to know. I mean, what you didn't go to doing. college, and I went to. Uh, I got an associate's degree. Yeah. I didn't go to. Co- I went to class at colleges, mm-hmm. but I didn't go to college. I had a good buddy. Thank God I didn't. This was, I think, in January. I think Props January, or February. And um, my buddy Steve Smentek from Chicago. He's a songwriter as well. And we were standing oh, in the yeah. local watching around, and it was good a packed night at the freak show one night. And he was in town, and he and he just and we start talking. He goes, "Dude, you're so you're getting the best education." In the real world, at this age, just yeah. being out all the time, yep. talking to people, yep. and I, I think the, there's a value in once again opening a can of worms that college can be a little. Um, some people, you know, just kind of get wishy washy in college and they ride the bullshit for four years, but real life, you can't, you can't ride the bullshit in the real world. You're not, nothing's gonna happen. No, if you just ride the bullshit. Yeah. If you're in college and you're like, man, I was the, if your identity in college is I was the best damn drinker in college, (laughs) put that on a freaking resume and guess what? I don't think you're going to get, I don't think that's going to do it. Now, the kid who spent four years working his ass off, like that, that's an attitude that carries beyond college. Yeah. If they work their ass off in college, most often they're going to work their ass off at the next level. But yeah, if you're not looking for the next thing in college or high school, then you're going to be 23 and you're going to be like, now what? Yeah. And I don't want to be 23 and waving my arms going, now what? Now what? Because I do that at 9 o'clock in the morning and I get pissed off at myself. Yeah. So. Well, for me too, yeah. That's a good. That's a but good. that's all was, solvable through identity. But I was thinking of like you, you put somebody who went through four years of college and they, I don't know, they played football. They were good. I mean, when they entered a party, they were the big, broad-shouldered dude, and you're just like, they got all the girls, they got all the beers. Big fudge, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) He's here. Get him a beer bong. Yeah. Or you look at the guy who was studying, worked on a farm Mm -hmm. for eight years or whatever it is, and just, I don't know, built that up through just real-life experience. I don't know. If you're asking the question, you're on the right path. Who am I? That's where all this starts. And what do I want to be? Yes. That could literally happen in the middle of a college party. Now, if you've had that That's feeling true. in a high school party, or if you're doing something and you're questioning it, most often you're doing the wrong thing at that moment. Well, what about uh, in that book that you read about uh, Billy Graham today? Did he talk about like what was the pivotal 
point of it. He's he just like, got. He watched a preacher, and he got. Because he, he, he was. Yeah. What did he do? He was a dairy was a farmer. Dairy farmer, and he'd run around. And, this you know, is before. He's 15, 16 years old, and he went to a sermon, and he's like, "Yeah," but he took the biblical teaching of God-centered teaching, not judgment, hellfire, and brimstone teaching. And it was the message of the gospel, which is love God and love your fellow man. You know, it says that in every gospel. Um, and have faith. And that and that became his thing. And and he was... Now, the thing is, is he had this singular focus and integrity where he wasn't messing around on the side. He had public... Everyone knew how much money he was making. He was salary-based. You know, he never had this magnificent home. He lived in the same home for, I think, 60 to 70 years of his life. No, yeah. But um, get back to the, I mean, the, the singular, I mean, he But he was what, very like, this is what I was going to do. Yes. And so he would literally start preaching to friends in town on a, a tree stump, you know? And it started off small, folks. Started off very small. He knew his, he knew his destination, though. And then he got his education, and um, the rest is very much so history. But I mean, you really don't know about his, uh, you don't know about his high school days? Like, does that matter at all? I guess no. that doesn't. Now I know what you're getting at. That's funny. It doesn't matter. Actually, honestly, the people I look up to, they don't I, talk I about their high school. I can't tell you a thing they did in high school or what they were like. Yeah. But I don't give a shit either way. <laughs> exactly. I don't give a shit yeah. what Bruce Springsteen was like in high school. No, because those, I mean, you have to, I think, I don't remember most of the Friends, let's put that in parentheses. I have a few friends I talked to back in high school, but it was like if you can count them on one hand, you're doing all right. I've heard. Yeah, but it's like I and know. I can certainly do that. I don't. I just don't. I don't care. You know. No. I don't want to bask in the days of. Bro, yeah, being got, 16 was great. There was a lot of freedom there, but like. Yeah. I've got friends in college, and we have these conversations, and and like, there's a disconnect because it's like they don't understand. Real life, like real life, is tough. It's that simple. Yeah. Like when the when people come knocking, you gotta answer sometimes in life. It can't be, oh hide away. Like you if you you will never find your identity like letting fear control your life. If you run straight at fear, you will find identity. If you run away from it, you're just gonna spend your whole life running. And Absolutely. you can be the lion you're or you can be out. the antelope. But I'd rather be the lion. Yeah. I'd rather be the eagle up there looking up. Yeah, Alex could be the eagle. That's his thing. Anytime you mention animals, Alex is like, I'll take the eagle. I'm the eagle, best in glory up top. And I'm like, so, okay, I'll be the bear. I'll be the bear down in the valley. That lion's badass, bro. My dad's but, got a tattoo of a lion over his heart. For, but uh, our boy us. Tommy O'Keefe, I mean, he's Kids. a very honest guy. He knows what he stands for. And he's like, listen, listen, bro. Of course, Tommy and Beers, he's like, listen, bro. <laughs> Love you, Tommy. Tommy's like a brother to us. God bless, but Tommy's bro. like, you can be the sheep. Or you can be the wolf. Yeah. What do you want to be? And I'm like, I know what I want to be. What's he say? He says, uh, shout out to Tommy. O'Keefe. What's he, he's got a saying that he says, it's usually about, uh, dating or going after girls. He says, uh, <laughs> shit, he's man. got so many. God, he's got dude. so many. He says a he's good got one. a, got he's a, got go. a, he's got a good I one. I mean, you can, um, Alex but Rodriguez. Fifth most strikeouts in the history of baseball, but 696 home runs. And, I mean, I don't they know don't how many championship this. rings. It's like yeah. you got to keep swinging the bat, you know, to hit. Run you got to get back up. But the, I thought that was cool, the run towards fear, man. Because you, you ultimately find out what it is you don't like and what it is you like. What is it are you willing to, to get knocked down for? 
to get back up for, mm-hmm. I guess. What is it that you want so bad that you will be consistently told no or be consistently knocked down and consistently get back up? Yeah, but if you know yourself and don't care, you will keep. You just keep going. Yeah. And you'll get the thousand no's, and then one day someone says yes. Because, I mean, most of the time you read these great stories of, like, Queen, and they're like, I don't understand them. No. Or Elton John, I don't understand him. No. And then all of a sudden they get a yes, and boom, they're superstars. Now, I'm not saying this is the key to being a superstar, but they're always like, yeah, this guy, no, never going to make Steve Jobs, you're nuts. No way. Can, uh, when you were uh, back in the doctor's office yesterday, I picked up your originals book, the mm-hmm. book, I don't know. By Adam Grant. I'm like yeah. 30 pages in. Okay. So I read a little bit, but they were talking about Seinfeld. Yeah. And when that was, when that was They said it was going to suck. Script. Yeah. They, they said, said it was, was going to suck. suck. But once again, someone took a chance on it because it was different. And like. Yeah. And it, there's this one, I can't quote it, but there's this line in that book, Originals, by Adam Grant, I'll cite it, where like, progress doesn't happen without someone pushing the, being a little bit controversial. Progress never happens unless someone is controversial and pushes the social norm, or any norm. Yeah. No, the computer wasn't made until someone said, I don't like the way we do this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. Electric car, whatever you want to do. It's going to happen. Look it, that's progress. But, like, once again, society is going to be like, I like my fossil fuel car. No way. Well, too bad. There's like Someone's going to find a better way. They, the Wright brothers, there's no way you're going to fly. Here we are. So, can you argue the idea of. Can you argue the idea of maybe uh, we watched a Phil Robertson clip yesterday about mm-hmm. how he raised kids? I think people already raise kids differently than they do 30 years ago. And some people would argue the idea of spanking your kids. Now, I'm not arguing that because I was spanked and I'll probably do the same. But, I mean, some people argue that. Maybe they don't argue it, but they look at it like, no, we can do this differently. I think... um, I don't don't understand parenting a lot, but if you don't have a goal of crafting... And what's the not who a person is, but like a, a good foundational person. What's the, I'm not yes. a perfect person, but I understand like hard work and faith really well because of my parents. Because of your parents. And practice. Uh, there's Jordan, one thing from the ages of 10 to 15, my parents drilled in my mind. It was practice, practice, practice. Yeah. Whatever you do, whatever, whatever you do. I know. When I was in a band with my brothers, we would practice. We. This sounds like a little bit ego, but if you ask them and if you ask my parents and the people who saw us. Like, we were really good, like, as a band, as a unit, and what we did, because we would literally practice four to five days a week in the basement for one to four hours sometimes. Mm-hmm. We would have a three-hour show. Well, you'd practice the first hour of the show one day, the second hour of the show, three-hour show, and then you'd practice the whole thing. And then you'd sit down with a pen and paper and go, well, how do we make medleys and build solos? And yeah. So that's why when I literally say I can build a show, we did that. Yeah. That's what we did. So... If I could, people are like, you would really practice with the band four days a week. I would love to be able to afford having a practice space with a band four days a week. Love that. Yeah. Not available my, at the moment. Some all my brother shit. Yeah, but that's the way they said, if you want to be great at what you do, you have to go practice. Cold because my, my parents grew up in very small towns where there wasn't, but they went out and worked. Yeah. There's no loss with work and faith. <laughs> I can't throw that enough. As a man, I'm limited. As a man of faith, I'm limitless. If I believe in myself and believe in something higher than me, I have a goal to wake up to every morning. Yeah. 
That's something I'm. Uh, but you're a hard worker. I think that's you and I are very yin yang. I'll speak on your behalf at the moment. We're very opposite. Um, but that's why this works because you have different talents. I have different talents, and we piss each other off sometimes. But we learn, in a sense, in that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's certain things I've picked up from you that I wouldn't have had if we didn't live together. Um, Likewise. So I think it's uh, I think you you're to the point where you don't piss me off enough where I'm like, okay, I can hang out with this well, guy. Well, if you piss me kidding. off, I'll tell you. You know, I'm like, if you do stupid shit, I'm yeah. gonna be like, listen, you're stupid. But there's yeah, which is good. You know, and I if you got I've, if you don't have, I'm. Thank I'd God, like to, I can I would, say I got friends. I would friends like to say I've been honest with you since we've met. Since yeah. we've met, I've been completely honest with you. I well, mean, you almost got me killed yesterday, so I appreciate that honesty. I didn't know you yeah. hated me that much. But yeah, it didn't work. But uh, we have two very different identities. Yeah. Well, ba- yeah. No, we do. <laughs> Notice how no hesitation there. He's like, yeah, let's make that apparent, folks. Not like this guy. There's a. But the whole I don't know the whole kid thing, man. The whole raising the kids. That's uh, that's. Jordan Peterson had that quote of just don't raise your kids to the point where you hate them, <laughs> where you don't like yeah. to be around them. Mm-hmm. I mean, discipline's hard, I think, in any. But it's it hard I mean, to tell some... your best friend if they're doing something stupid, just like there it's kind of yeah. hard to discipline a child now. But there's always that balance of like, yeah, I might upset the child, but the child doesn't understand what I'm doing for them in the long run by taking away the iPad or unplugging the Xbox. Or whatever it is. Or yeah. making them go on a walk with me. Like, there's different forms of discipline mm-hmm. happening where you have to teach these basic things to these small humans who don't understand how the world works. Yeah. I think it's a parent's job to not... I can't instill talent. Yeah, I don't think a parent can instill ch- a talent in a child, passion. But the love... But the love for... Maybe not the love for something specific, but the love... Of identity? Well, the love of identity, but the love of, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Uh, I didn't see, I mean, the fudge, man. I'm trying to think of how to uh, talk about it. It's more so, this is going to sound corny, but the love my dad has for my mom. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a, okay. okay. Not, not only do I know how to love my future wife or yes but mm-hmm. i also know just know how to love how i want to be how and you weren't aware of the teaching at the time no, no absolutely not yeah but the same way my dad's outlet was chopping wood i find the same outlet chopping wood i don't know what that well, represents yeah, any, but well, yeah everyone has those outlets it just yeah. depends on how there's but a, there's, there's a, point a there, you I can't just, let yeah. your parents define who you are but no. it's it's good to find what your parents what good habits your parents have? What bad parent habits your parents might have? What do I want to instill? What do I want to be? That's it's good you said that, man. And also, no, it's hard being that. a parent. I'm gonna throw that out there too. I've never been one, but I've I can never imagine been so. one. But, but it's got to be tough. Bruce Springsteen, yeah, he says that in his book. That was a really good point when he when I read that. That's what he says. He's like, man, you, you think about your parents. It's like you you pick out the bad and good, and you're just like, okay, this is. The good attributes is what I want. The mm-hmm. bad, obviously, I don't. Yeah. So, man, you think about it, you know, 30 years from now, you think generation by generation, you think that that top peak generation should be ultimately 
great because they picked up all the good attributes. But the thing is, it's not true. Well, the I don't know. The also the That's the party of that you have to mix into the bowl is life. I mean, exactly. When a yeah. when a child grows up and faces the world, their life is not going to be what their parent. Maybe my maybe when I was five, my parents uh, had the vision of of this five year old going to college. Yeah, going into a career. Now, yeah. ten years later, that was obviously a different vision that I had for myself and that they had, obviously. So, I think life has so many variables. You can't plan out life. Number one, don't ever try to script life. That's such a waste of time. But you can't go like this. Child has to become this and become this and blah 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 blah. Because no. you're basically taking the soul away from this kid. The identity. Yeah, the identity. You've definitely just totally whipped that out of the child or even the teenager um that's when you get some screwy people whether mm -hmm. good or bad i don't know what screwy actually means but that's when you get some messed up yeah. some messed up individuals they're lost. i don't know yeah they're lost they don't yeah. know what they're and now you can be lost it i'm sure there will be another time in my life where i'm very lost you know but I think through that, how you get out of that lost feeling, and even in the midst of that lost feeling, is you are growing. You are discovering who it is you're, you know. And the best way when you're lost to get out of it is to get in touch with reality and look for the truth, which is why we and have faith. the Noble Podcast. And faith. So I think that's a healthy conversation we had this week. Yeah. And Sorry we kept you waiting. If you were waiting, we yeah. appreciate you uh, sticking with us. But we'll, we'll be back. Um, wish everyone the best quarantine. Mother's Day coming up. Don't forget your mamas. Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. The worst. I see you got a couple cowboys at the table here today. But I'm going to go grocery shopping because I'm out of food. So, But thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Clayton Mann, um, and I will let Sir Alex Schofield from Saginaw, Michigan, take us home today. Go for it, my friend. Everybody, take care of yourselves. And that's about it. I mean, we've discussed a pretty good, uh, hearty conversation, if I do say so myself. That was, that was good shit. Everybody, take care. Peace. <laughs>